0: Is God powerful enough to do anything? That's the question we're discussing today on The Hear of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian Dembozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, God can do anything. He's all-powerful. Yes.
1: He can ish.
0: Yes, we'll have to have an important caveat. And before you consider us heretics off the bat, hear us out. We'll get to that in a minute. I mean I'm sure we're wrong about something. Oh, we're wrong about many things. But this Yes, but on this. Yes. On this, we're mostly okay. We we are that's a fine way to phrase it. Mostly okay ish. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's retreat to a little bit safer ground. Go ahead and read the essential doctrine as as we provide it, and it's not because it's uh, uh, that is necessarily infallible, but it was written by somebody who's smarter than both of us.
1: That's true. That's true. And uh, so we, of course, are talking about God's omnipotence, and here's what we mean by that: God is all powerful. There is nothing God cannot do, so long as it does not contradict. His own nature or law. God has power and authority over the universe he created from the largest solar system to the smallest particle. Affirming that God is all powerful does not mean that God can sin, since that would go against his perfect moral nature. Um, and as Christians, we rest in the belief that God, that the God who has all powerful, has all power is <laughs> And as Christians, we rest in the belief that the God who has all power is good, and we gain great comfort by knowing that an all-powerful
0: God is working for our good and joy. All right. So, I mean, if we could just boil it down, this is an easy one. We, we would be able to say that God is all-powerful, but as long as you understand those caveats, and again, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to them in a minute— um, and, and I trust anybody who who heard us in the introduction and cringed when we say nearly anything. Hopefully now you're like, okay, yeah, that makes total sense. Maybe I've never yeah. thought of that, but it's it's an important caveat. But I don't think it would, you know, as long as that's understood the context, you don't have to keep saying that over and over and over again. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's it's the un it's the unspoken. Exactly. But. Uh... <laughs> So let's get, before we come back to that and and flesh out a little bit more, let's look at a a few places where we see this in scripture. And there are a number of places, of course. So let's just kind of point out a a handful.
1: Right. So rather than starting at Genesis 1, 1 and working (laughs) our way through to the end of Revelation, uh, we're going to just take a quick peek at three passages. Uh, Hebrews 1, 3, which says the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And so that then continues on about making purification for sin um, and sitting down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Uh, so that one is really important saying that Jesus is the one who sustains all things. Big deal that's that's kind of that's kind of a good indicator that he has a lot of power right yeah like all power um 9, matthew nineteen twenty six says this jesus looked at them and said with man this is impossible and he's talking about salvation but with god all things are possible romans 120 as well says uh for his invisible attributes that is his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse, excuse for what for excuse for not acknowledging his existence. So his being God's, of course. So those are just a few of the many places that we see
0: all throughout scripture and and we see it on the nose in miracles i mean the parting of the red sea and so forth we see so many times uh, the stopping of the sun for raising the dead raising the dead um we see it over and over again in 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 mighty ways like that in scripture but that romans passage is is so helpful because we see it the fingerprints of his power all around us i mean um, I've never been to Niagara Falls, but I've been to some decent waterfall size. And it's this the power of the rushing water, the, the sound. I mean, you can feel it. I can only imagine what Niagara Falls and other Victoria Falls in Africa. I can only imagine what it would be like to be there. They're real nice. Yeah. Um, the, the U.S. side or the Canadian side or, or both. Um, so you, Canadian can, side. The Canadian side is better, huh? So there, I mean, you you have a glimpse. to. So you think about power and and you think about what we experience and and it helps us to understand a little bit more. And that's Paul's point in Romans. Um, You know, what fool cannot hear rolling thunder and see lightning and so forth uh, can can experience an earthquake and, and the list goes on and on and and not understand the all-powerful god underneath that the creator god so really really um helpful to to remember that those fingerprints around us so let's let's talk about a couple of cautions uh we started one so let's talk about that a little bit more um this of course we have to remember that that god could do anything but with this caveat so so flush that a little bit more Aaron.
1: Sure. Well, this whole idea of God can do anything according to his, to his nature and, and character. So basically he will do, he will do anything provided that it does not uh, contradict himself. And so um, probably the most famous example of this is, um, you know, the, the age-old question for all who want to get out of hearing the gospel is, can, if, if God is, is all-powerful, can he make a rock that uh, is so big that even he can't lift it? Well, and of course, the answer is no. And here's why. Because in order for God to make a rock so big that he could not lift it, he would have to make a rock that would nullify his godness or negate his godness god can't stop being god so therefore god cannot make a rock so big that he can't that he can't lift it any more than he can make um you know than he can make a a season of the bachelor
0: good (laughs) i pick on the bachelor a lot don't i well it kind of deserves it (laughs) that's true and and that's you know so that 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 big rock is a question that's often thrown. In. and it has caused some people to scratch their head. but when you when you flesh it out to its fullness, you realize it's it's an absurd question. And I think it's easier also to understand why that God cannot sin. But we also have to, to think more broadly, you know when we think about his, his nature, that that means God cannot stop loving. Um, he cannot mm-hmm. not know something. And it just goes all these attributes, you know. He he can he's limited in no way. Yeah. So all these things help us understand there are limits when we say can God do anything. But there's also another subcategory of this because it's, it's tied in with his honesty, his his uh, his truthfulness. God cannot go against what he said he would do. hmm So for example, God cannot today decide hey, that salvation through Jesus Christ changed my mind. Yeah. Here's another way. And here's another way. He can't do that because he, is, he has said something. He has already made that determination. And so he cannot go against his revealed will as well. He cannot flood the entire earth again because he promised he would not. Mm-hmm. So does he have the power to do that? Yes, but he cannot do that any longer because he has chosen not to do that.
1: Right, and that really brings us into the then the next next statement is just because he can do something doesn't mean that he will. Yeah, God can do whatever He wants, but again, to your point, He's only going to do things according to His purposes. Yeah, and, and so it, what He wants
0: is for our good. Yeah. So, I mean, that really, when you get to, I mean, the rubber meets the road when when you talk about somebody who has an illness, for example, is He power enough that to heal that person by all means will he must he no we've we've talked about this on on other episodes uh while it may be hard for us to understand why he would not we have to trust that he has a good reason not to do that um but is he able to yes will he because he's able to no not necessarily maybe. yeah maybe he might but he's not right. bound to so right. yeah it's an, and that it's, all
1: again comes back to what is best yes right like what is best and it's and and this again this is where things get really tricky and they get really uncomfortable because no one likes to say these things but it's what is best according to his purposes and so and that doesn't mean that it's that it's easy for us to understand it's not easy and it doesn't mean that it should be taken in a in a way that um, makes us behave as though um, as though the painful things that we experience that they don't matter or anything like that, this, this truth should not be a a gateway to like a defeated determinism, um, or anything like that. Uh, remember the, remember the, the characteristics of Daniel's three friends when they were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace Mm -hmm. and they say, And and they're presented with this one last, like, if you just bow down, we're not going to throw you in the fire. Do you want to live or not? And they're like, no, we're not going to do this because the God that we worship can rescue us from that. And even if he doesn't, we're still not doing it
0: because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And so... Now, I was going to say, just that keen awareness that, yeah, God could save us. He can, he might, but we're, we are acknowledging he, we are not binding him to do that. We're not, it's not our place to mandate. He must do that.
1: Right. And, and that's that tension. I mean, you, and you see that again, you see that in Jesus' own prayers in the garden. Mm-hmm. When he says, when he says, father, if there is any other way, can this cup pass from me? Um, can can we save people in any way other than me having to die? Because I don't want to, but nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. And so there is that there's that beautiful tension. and this doctrine really encourages that in us to say, okay, we, need to recognize that when we come to him, when we come to God and pray, we need to pray a hundred percent believing that yes, he can do this, but we also need to come to him present like recognizing that what he has in mind may be in a strange way that we will never even get to see in this life better than what we're asking for
0: yeah and Aaron what you just said is really important because we don't want to oversell to somebody else who is going through that suffering and when we're trying to remind them of this truth a lot of times what we'll do with the best of intentions to try to smooth it over soothe it is like you know you'll see one day um, you'll understand but you might not but you might not Um, yeah like I have yeah like I have,
1: I have some good friends who, um, a couple of years ago, their their son died, and he was and he was just shy of four. They don't know why God, like they prayed and prayed and prayed, and our church prayed and prayed and prayed. None of us know
0: why this was best, but we're trusting that yeah. it was best. When, when we're walking with somebody, I, I think we, we always need to be able to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm struggling to make sense of this myself as well. Uh, we just need to weep with those who are weeping, mourn with those who are mourning, point them to the hope of the gospel, point them that God is sovereign, he is good, remind them of these truths, but not as in a way that, that it comes across as platitudes. In other words, God is sovereign. God is good. So therefore, stop weeping. Stop. Why are you? Why are you mourning? Why you know? No, 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 no. That's not. Jesus at Lazarus' tomb wept, mm-hmm. knowing what he was about to do, because he saw the pain that sin had wrought on people he cared about. He recognized this is not supposed to be this way, and it moved him to tears. So we have got. Let's not. Um, become stoics in that we expect people just with a stiff upper lip to trust in God, no matter what, he's all powerful. Uh, and he's good. And even if, if life stinks, I'm going to have that stiff upper lip. No, no, no. Weep and mourn, but we do so with, with trust in him. So it kind of takes us to, we, we've already started talking about our last big topic and and what difference should this make. Um, but let me kind of take a detour from this for a minute. We can come back to it, perhaps, but um, I think one of the bigger ideas here is that when it comes to God being all-powerful, it helps us to embrace all of his miracles. Now, I I emphasized all. I don't know if you could hear it, but if not, I'm saying it now. All really matters here. All means all of them. There are some who would accept some of his miracles but reject others. Some would reject all of his miracles. But some would say, no, I'm okay with these miracles, but not this. Uh, For example, Jonah, for some reason, uh, living in the belly of a fish for three days is one that some people have a hard time accepting. Uh, Others would say, I mentioned the Red Sea cross or parting earlier. Some would try to explain that away with naturalistic terms, although they would still recognize that God can perform miracles. I think the, the, the issue here is this. If we believe that God is powerful enough all-powerful to create everything by the spoken word, if we believe that God is all-powerful to raise Jesus from the dead, uh, choose your miracle that you are willing to embrace, why is he not big enough? Why is he not powerful enough to preserve Jonah in the belly of a fish for three days? Why is he not powerful enough to part the waters of the Red Sea? So I, I, I think when this doctrine is a reminder to us that just as God is not limited in His power, we should not be limited in embracing and trusting in His truth revealed to us in Scripture. And so therefore, I gladly stand by all of Scripture. I gladly believe that the sun stood still. I gladly believe that God parted the Red Seas. I gladly believe that He uh, preserved Jonah. I gladly believe that Jesus died literally, did not just swoon, and he raised from the dead on the third day. Mary was a virgin, the list goes on and on. These are all miracles, but God being all powerful gives me grounds to trust in them completely. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that really leads to that last thing, which, which really is that this attribute of God is really meant to be a source of comfort force that because we can trust him because we can believe these things we and because god is infinite in his power ultimately it means that we have nothing to fear whether it's a um whether it's a pandemic that no one quite understands how to cure <laughs> um, or how to solve or whether it's the or whether it's the 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 so-called quote-unquote smaller things in life, like, am I gonna have enough money at the end of the yeah. month, um, kind of things. We we can trust that God is going to do the right things and and be and do what is best for His people, whatever that looks like. Yep. And so whether that means that we keep recording podcasts via Zoom for the next, you know, however many months or years, or we or we find that, okay, suddenly we're looking for new jobs. Um, You know, all of these things that no one knows for sure what is going to
0: happen. We can trust that he is good. Yep. And he's powerful enough to do anything within his character, nature and revealed Mm -hmm. will.
1: Right. Which means everything he does is going to be for our good and and, his glory. glory.
0: Good place to wrap up. So I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.